0: Back on the fan morning show, Sports at 590 The Fan. It's Friday, it's 8 a.m., final block before our weekend. And our weekend is going to be a great one. On Sunday, we're headed to King's Plate. Mm-hmm. So we are soliciting horse racing, betting advice for the final 30 minutes of our show. So if you are a sharp,
1: sharp, yeah. do you know the ponies? Let us know. You pony whisper. Give
0: us. A Sparks notes of Kings Plate betting this Cause, weekend. Because
1: if not, we're just going to be going up to the board and being like, "Oh, we like that name, right?" But There's
0: that's a- what I do anyway, and I actually really enjoy that because it's like five bucks on that a horse be, it has a nice name.
1: That should be the competition. We should find someone who's going to, you know, have some information for us, okay. some really, you know, great information, something that can be life changing, perhaps, uh, if if we hit the thing the way we need to. Hmm. And we should compare and contrast that to, hey, just the funniest name or the best name or the name that speaks to us in whatever way it does, and we'll see which strategy pays off better.
0: So we have the King's Plate lineup in front of us. Obviously, it's a full day of horse racing, but we're just looking at the big, the big finale here, the King's Plate. Um, originally, the first name that jumps off for me is the eighth horse, Wickenizer. Like, let's just be serious here. You know that that's going to be my horse.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's a scenario in which we don't support Wickenheiser financially at the King's <laughs> this weekend. Like this is just going to happen,
0: right? So that, for me, was the first one that jumps off the board. I also like the name Silent Miracle. That's the ninth horse, so eight and nine are looking good. Mm. Silent Miracle just seems like it's got unsung hero vibes. Silent Assassin, Silent Miracle. Like, you know, you might overlook it. You might not put the most amount of attention into Silent Miracle, but I could feel that.
1: What else do you got? Run down the run okay. down the competitors at horse the, number the main event is it the main event? What is that? It's, it's
0: the King's,
1: King's
2: plate.
0: plate. Yeah, it's called the
1: King's Plate. Number but the one event is also oh, the King's Plate. The
0: first horse. Stanley House. Ugh,
1: eh. It sounds like a like a doctor. Kind of. Doctor House. This oh. one here, That's I That's a show, isn't it? I d it,
0: it it is not it it its a house, yeah. I show. I did look up the pronunciation of this word, and then I've now forgotten it. So forgive me. I think it's Elysian field. E L Y S I A okay. N. So you can roast me if I'm wrong, but that's a tough word. That's the second horse. Number three, Philip, my dear. Now that seems very regal. Philip, my dear. Mm-hmm. Tea's ready. Horse number four, Twin City. Like okay, Minnesota. Number five more more stashes
1: <laughs> why are these so difficult number 6 nothing that we can't pronounce is going to be better. yeah one. number 6 Calic
0: didn't you say that you were listening to
1: i was listening ben to oh, i got some odds right here i oh. think Calic is the favorite 3 to 1 listening mm-hmm. to Ben Ennis, uh Kallick. i forget i forget the guest name but he had someone who's uh working at woodbine on yesterday mm-hmm. uh and they were yeah kalic the favorite kalic definitely the one Where's to Wiccanizer watch for us? I, I think uh, Wickenheiser, looking up, looking up, 12 okay. to one. I think w- Wickenheiser's oh, that's, definitely. Oh, that's, I like that. That's a good, if you hit a 12 yeah. to one, the vibes are high. That probably pays so for So Calic day, is right? the
0: best. I mean, best odds are number, first odds.
1: Midnight Malibu sounds like a. I was
0: just going to say, I like Midnight Malibu.
1: Sounds like a drink They a definitely are serving that at
0: the Kings yeah. play. Uh, Velocitor. It's like Velociraptor, yeah. but close. Cool uh, Kiss. That's a fun one. Cool Kiss is the 12th horse. What's their odds? Thirty to one. Ooh. Paramount Prince. Ten to one. That's Okay. Two way crossing.
1: Another thirty to one. Well, that's a that's yeah, a tough one.
0: I'm looking at that word too. Okay. Um
1: cow I think.
0: Cowcakaiapu. Yeah. Six to one. Oh, so that's a pretty popular one. El cohet. Yeah.
1: Cohette, maybe? Fifty to one.
0: Wow. Fifty to one?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then moon landing. I love moon landing.
1: So if we don't get any like good advice, I think we got to break down these names a little bit further and see. Like we can't bet every horse here. So you're probably going to be betting uh, Wickenheiser uh, yeah. if if we don't get good information. But again, there's like a ton of races. Like I haven't gone to this before. How many we races haven't. are there? Like how, what it's are we a full looking day. at? Am I looking at like throwing away a lot of money? Well, you
0: don't have to, Justin. But I'm
1: going to. I mean, there's no. There's no way a race is going to happen. and I don't have some sort of well, it, financial it investment. In like there's no quite, chance.
0: Yeah. No, and I understand that. It starts quite early in the day. It depends on when we want to show up. Um, it's going to be hot. Mm, yes. And uh, it's a full day of racing, but you can just kind of like watch and learn about the betting. There's those machines where you go up. You don't even like I don't yeah, I don't know machines. any. I'm going
1: to be complete like wow. m- first time for every I don't even know how it works. Like is there a lot there's a huge line? I have to get to the back of the line? I think
0: that we might have a way to skirt the line.
1: I actually think... oh wow. There's actually, I think there was a change to maybe the laws too. I think, you know... Yes,
0: there will be the first ever time, I believe, that there's a Canadian betting app associated with Yeah. this Because of the
1: legalization of sports yes. uh, betting, it kind of got separated, right? Horse racing was a little bit different. Yes. You can't do that on the legal books in Ontario. You know, that's a little bit in the weeds, but it, apparently that has changed. One
0: single sport event wagering became legal last year. Horse racing was left off of this. So now it is this time around, being available on a specific betting site that you can use for Sunday. But nobody's texted in any advice for us. Do so we not
1: have any sharps listening? What's we, going on? We
0: might just be throwing darts here.
1: Uh, I got another one um, in terms of, like, consideration mm-hmm. when we're putting bets up. It's the jockey, right?
0: I mean, that's the
1: Is this guy Javier, driving the Javier ship Castellano? here. Javier that? that's a guy, right? That's a guy with a, yeah, 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 a pretty... Yeah. I don't, is it, I don't know if it's checkered. Uh, just a guy who's like, he's involved in like Kentucky derbies and, and uh, so on and so forth. He's going to be in charge of, in charge? I don't, see, I got to get the terminology Buddy, down. We sound he's like the biggest be, losers. He's going to be on the one horse, I actually think that's how you say it, which is Stanley House. You don't like Stanley House. Well, it just, to one, the
0: name doesn't do it for me. Four
1: to one with a jockey who is, you know, it's got some name brand.
0: Okay. I'm looking through it. Uh, but what we will certainly take
1: We dropped the ball. We should have got an expert on the show. We definitely dropped the ball.
0: It kind of so what's your what's your game plan for Sunday in terms of attire? Because this is important. Attire?
1: I mean, I'm it's it's I don't think I'm gonna be knocking anyone's socks off. Uh you know, the hats, the what are they called? Oh my God. Elevators? No. What are they called? <laughs>
0: fascinators fascinators oh my god justin i'm not gonna be wearing okay, well a fascinator fascinators for the woman so please don't wear one
1: well i, I also heard that you know some men some wear some fascinators so i'm not gonna be wearing a hat
0: think about the kentucky derby and what the men wear like it's it's colorful it's uh, kind of preppy it's like all the guys i went to dartmouth with when they go to nantucket
1: <laughs> i'm wearing a suit that i'll be wearing to weddings in the summer how about that but uh, I mean, maybe but I can try to get aggressive with the shirt. It's but a dark not, suit, isn't it? It's darkish. It's not like your your typical though.
0: So you could get like a boater hat. That's what they're called. They're like that straw one that's got a flat brim. I'm looking on Amazon. Thirty three bucks. It probably comes in time for Sunday. It's pretty fun. An old school school boater hat. You can send it the to first me. Kentucky no Derby promises that I'm buying. The first Kentucky a Derby hat. was run in 1875. So why not give a nod to history with an old school? boater hat. It's tough to say. There's a seersucker ivy cap, like an old cap, like a little cap. Okay. You Uh, know, those little caps. I bet your dad has one. Cece definitely has a nice cap. I might need
1: a couple mint juleps before I'm putting on seersucker hats. You know about
0: mint juleps? You can get a nice like wool brim hat. That might be hot. I know
1: know about the drinks. That's about it. Wool, wool. we're doing wool in mid-August.
0: There's a pork pie hat.
1: A pork buyout.
0: Have you heard of that? No. Anyway, like this there's, what there's options. You okay. I got a floral dress. Okay. And I'm going to actually make my own fascinator. What? So I did this last year because it's there's one or two places in the city to rent or to buy a fascinator. And let me tell you, to purchase a fascinator, They're they probably
1: had a fascinators. How many fascinators are in that's the city? it.
0: First of all, there's there's not enough. And second of all, if you want to so. buy one from this guy that makes them, he's a professional. They're hundreds of dollars because it's a fine art. It's like a craft to make a fascinator. There's feathers and netting and.
1: I didn't realize you had the artsy vibe to you. I didn't know year, you, I didn't know you had this in you.
0: Yes, last year I made one, and the and I went to the dollar store and I bought the following items: a headband, just like a regular headband. Okay. A hot glue gun and glue, a loofah.
1: It's dangerous near hair. A loofah a loofah Justin no no hold on hold on hold on on. you walked around the queen's plate queen's plate last year king's plate this year you walked around the queen's plate with all these you know uh, maybe not everyone rich but a lot of of well to do individuals I
0: was one of the best dressed and I got with a loofah on your head let me tell you and I'm not exaggerating here the the woodbine themselves posted me on their Instagram because of how much they loved my fascinator that I handcrafted and there was a loofah involved, and in I'm going to make another one okay, this year. So
1: headband, glue gun, loofah. There has to be something else. It well, can't be all yes. loofah.
0: No, just of course not. A bunch of flowers. So I'm going to, I'm literally going to show you. I'm going to turn my computer around. Look at that thing. That It's immaculate. You can't okay. see Okay, lo- I, I mean, that is pretty it's impressive. It's not like I'm wearing. It looks like a bouquet. Yeah, a bouquet I'm not like loofahs. I'm wearing a, a, like a. Is it all loofah? S- no, I not like flowers. I'm wearing a loofah that's like got soap suds on well, it. Well, I'm
1: just glad you bought one instead of you know <laughs>
0: use, use a loofah. I use the loofah Pick it up. up I use the, the loofa for like volume. So you put the flowers on, and it gave you some like oomph. You couldn't tell that there was a loofah in my headband. Oh, I'll
1: tell if it's loofa.
0: <laughs> Can we say loofah one more time? <laughs> what a dumb word. Anyway, I made my own, and I got so many compliments. And I'm going to make another one this year, and you'll be jealous when. I'm ripping around with a loofah headband that people are stopping me in my tracks to take photos of and posting it on their official page.
1: Okay. I'll so trust you. That's my good So what else was it in the start it's what we you say, 40% loofah? I just want no, to say loofah. Again. I'd
0: say thirty percent. Okay. 30% it's a lot loofah. of flowers, it's a lot of pizzazz, glitter. So your
1: whole weekend is set up for you here. I, like you got, honestly, you got when, a lot to when do. When we get
0: off the show today, I have to hit up the dollar store and get my items and I'm going to do a DIY because I'm frugal and I'm going to save money for the real things I'm going to buy wedding fund. You know, I can't be spending $380 on a fascinator for one day. So I'm going to spend $30 good, good max at the, uh, the dollar store and I'm going to make the best fascinator I've ever seen. When
1: several hundred dollars are needed to get a, what everyone's wearing on their head and you're wearing loofahs on your head and everyone's giving you <laughs> plaudits, like I, I, it's, it says something about your creativity, so I'll give you credit. You could I also a,
0: do the big hat, like a big floppy hat, but yeah. I don't know, I kind of like the loofah idea.
1: I got a text that said, it's cohete and it means gun. That's pretty good for a horse, right?
0: I just typed in cohete on Google, and it says it translates to rocket.
1: The gun, the the rocket. Either way,
0: which language do you think cohete is Spanish? Yeah. For me, it says cohete means rocket in English. So okay,
1: well that's. I mean, that sounds like a a pretty good thing. What that's is probably cohete? why they named it that. Just checking up the, uh, as you can probably tell, Alex Faust probably not joining us. Yeah,
0: We're, we're trying to get <laughs> as, Alex Faust, as but we break. he's currently not uh, answering the phone. So, El no Cohete
1: is 50 to 1. The Rocket is the longest <laughs> odds on the board. I don't know. It might be worth just five bucks for me.
0: Okay. El Cojete. Well, it doesn't seem like our speedy long
1: shot could be construed as a rabbit for his closing stablemate, Stanley House, and Cool Kiss. That's some analysis on the side I'm on.
0: We finally have a text from our guy. Jen, Gen, Jen, maybe our gal in Orangeville. I worked for years at the racetrack, and the rule we lived by was when you couldn't decide, choose the gray horse. Ooh. I didn't even think about the colors of the horse. Like, I haven't even looked at what these horses look like. Are they athletic? Is there a spotted horse?
1: Now, I know there's like a procession, right? Like, you show off the horse. Oh, it's pretty cool. We'll get right down there. We
0: can get trackside, Justin.
1: Okay, let's get trackside and get all the gray horses down. I'll bring a notepad. But like, does it for every horse race? Will it be that, or just the King's Plate, just the the main event
0: of the evening? Okay, you're asking me questions like I work you went for one I'm just at, like, yeah, we're... and I had forty Proseccos, so I don't remember every <laughs> okay, horse so you procession. Don't, you don't remember
1: every procession, but there are processions happening. Yes. Or there more than one procession? Yeah, I, all
0: well, the horses do have to get to and from the track, and they do p- p- proceed through. I think
1: yeah, that's probably right.
0: Yeah. Somebody says they bet the tallest. That's a smart idea. But then maybe the wind, like, it might slow you down. Ask your buddy, uh, Terry.
1: He's the tallest. <laughs> He's a good volleyball player, so I think, uh, you know, there's something to aerodynamics there, maybe.
0: Yeah. Well we, you while think it, Yeah, you think it would slow it down. Though. While you're texting in, like, I want the short, speedy one that's going to, like, cut through the wind.
1: Yeah, that, I think that's what you want. I think you want a strong, <laughs> strong lower half. You want you want some musculature down there, but you also want aerodyne. You know, the, the fastest cyclists get down low. Yeah. There's guys that are just like lying on their bike Thick and kings. they use the wind to their advantage.
0: Here's a here here's a good one, Kevin from Charlottetown. So I should have brought this up, Kevin. I was just in Charlottetown. There's a big horse race today on or on Saturday night, not today. Uh the Gold Cup and Saucer. I've been to the Gold Cup and Saucer, and this year I was really rattled that I was missing it. We were a week earlier on our trip. There's the parade this morning around town. It's a whole scene in Charlottetown this weekend. It's like been the the fair has been going on for almost mm. two weeks. This is the big culminating this is the event, event. And I've been to it and it's so much fun. It's a little bit smaller scale than King's Plate and Queen's Plate, but it's a it's a blast. So Kevin, enjoy it. Uh Go and bet on the grey horse. Tiny jockey is good too. Yeah, you want a small, like a little nugget.
1: Isn't that like the requirement <laughs> though?
0: <laughs> it's like being in the boat, the uh, coxswain. Yeah. Someone says you definitely want the taller horse with the longer stride. That's true.
1: Okay, so I'm I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna use the procession. I'm gonna look at tall horses. It might be too late to tiny to jockeys bet at that point, though. Grey horses, and just. That's all my analysis. So
0: if you have to choose from the following criteria, cool name, gray horse, tall horse, and tiny jockey, how do you prioritize? Well, you're trying to
1: look for the combination. I might just go gray, though, because they're all going to be similar height. No?
0: Yeah, I feel like they nobody's there's, sneaking there's, in as a pony. Not me,
1: it's not me and Terry on the second line for it's the swinging not ducks.
0: Little Sebastian yeah, from Parks all, and Rec. They're
1: all in pretty decent <laughs> shape and pretty, you know. I think they're all pretty close. Goodness gracious! But if there's one super tall one, like I'm obviously going to bet it.
0: Okay, well, this is this is the most in-depth analysis of horses from two people that don't know much. Um, we did not happen to connect with our guest, if you've noticed, Alex. Faust, mm-hmm. but the Blue Jays are back in action tonight against the Reds, uh, a team that is super, super fun to, to watch, um, offensive power, it looks like Bo uh heading down there, but we'll be in the lineup tomorrow night, Barrios on the mound, we're going to get Barrios, Bassett, and then Ryu, mm-hmm. so not your two aces.
1: No, I guess I Lower
0: in the trust tree. Things have lined up, right? right?
1: Things have lined up just a little bit where, you know, it used to be, hey, you're turning Kikuchi over to Gosman or Manoa last year, Mm -hmm. I suppose. (laughs) But uh, with Kikuchi becoming the ace out of the number five hole, I mean, it kind of all lines up for you. That's probably not going to be the way it goes in the playoffs if and when the Blue Jays get there. But maybe we're leaving the door ajar, Mm -hmm. I believe we did yesterday for Kikuchi, not only being a, a big part of a potential wildcard series, but maybe... Leading off a wild card series, I'm not really sure, but yeah, this is the depths of the Blue Jays rotation, which obviously speaks to its strength mm-hmm. because Barrios has been great, Bassett has been probably what you'd expect, and Hunjin Ryu is probably the surprise of the season coming back and giving you what is only two and a half starts so far. I keep saying a half, maybe that's not fair because he got removed after the comebacker four innings into his second start, but still, like it's n- it was not complete. He would have had more to give but he's only, you know, he's, it's a very small sample, but the confidence doesn't match the size of the sample. You feel pretty good about him being your number five guy. So yeah, this is the low end of the rotation because Kikuchi has elevated, but you feel pretty comfortable about it. It is a tall task though. Cincinnati's got a good offense.
0: So I think we could recycle um, just quickly that that article that we were talking about that Nick Ashbourne wrote. It's on sportsnet.ca. Um, it is analyzing like statistically how Bo's injury and his time off has affected the team in terms of wins and losses. So he's been out of the lineup for 15 games, and we obviously know that we've missed him at the plate, but also defensively. So if you want to set up your analysis of it because you're really good at Sparks notes. Well, it's kind of
1: ceiling analysis, but yeah, I mean the 15 games, uh, if you run the numbers, uh, in the way Nick Ashburn did sportscent.ca, uh, it's, it's worth 1.4 wins. Mm-hmm. And with three, one run losses over the 15 games where they go eight and seven, uh, I think you can make the argument that, Hey, if it's a half win per or a half run per, I mean, 1.4 wins, you can equate that to 14 runs, 14 runs over 15 games. Uh, that's pretty important, especially when you're losing ballgames by one run. Mm-hmm. I guess not less, but one run. Uh, it, it could have a big, big impact. So yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to measure the impact of one person's absence, especially when you can fill that void with someone. But when there's such a chasm between what you expect or what you get from a Bo Bichette, what you'd expect to get from a Bo Bichette, and what you've got from a guy like Paul DeYoung, like, it is meaningful. Mm-hmm. And of course, the Blue Jays are in a playoff race where they do not hold the tiebreaker. Everything means so much down the stretch of the season, and everything did mean a lot while Bo Bichette was out. And it is proven to be costly when you get a negative compared to a replacement level from DeYoung, and you get such a positive, at least offensively, From a guy like Bo Bichette, the shortstop position since July 31st, six hits, two runs, three RBIs. That's in total. And what Bo Bichette would give you on a 15-game average, over 20 hits, Mm -hmm. over seven runs scored, over eight RBIs, and two and a half home runs over 15 games. That is a massive, massive difference. And I think on the low end, on the low end, I think you could say it's worth one victory. It's probably closer to two.
0: Now, with all the influx of players coming back from injury, there's going to have to be some roster moves. Uh, We talked to Ben Shulman at 7 a.m. And it seems like maybe David Schneider might be the odd man out. Unpopular decision.
1: Yeah, I guess. This
0: is the fun vibes guy.
1: I I, I feel like that's the least of the Blue Jays' issues, is who's going to come out when someone comes back. Mm -hmm. Like, Paul DeYoung makes sense. Is there really Paul
0: DeYoung makes the most there sense, there really but room, are you doing that? Is there
1: no. Re- no, probably not. But is there really room for Paul DeYoung and Santiago Espinal on this team? Patience level if you, have to, if you have to make these decisions. I mean, one guy is a strict backup for one position. One guy is a strict backup for the other decision. I mean, that's that's not the best way to build at mm-hmm. least utility depth. I mean, Kevin Biggio, of course, he's not going anywhere partly yeah. because of handedness, oh, but he partly because he, he can mm-hmm. play multiple positions for you in a pinch. And I guess... De young and Espinal can do that, but they overlap and they run into each other. And it seems a little bit redundant having both of them, especially when both of them are giving you absolutely nothing offensively and have been a big part of the issue here over 15 games and why this team has been throwing lesser lineups out on the field for a very long time. Bo changes it like fundamentally, uh, big time. It, it, it just like knocks everyone down into their proper position. It makes it look and seem so much better than it has been. But these lineups of the last two weeks have been really bad where like you're looking at Cavin Biggio and be like, we, we need you to, we, we need you <laughs> we here need to be you what you have been.
0: We need yeah, to drive this offense.
1: Because even the guy who is the one constant, the guy who should be in Bo's tier, Vlad hasn't been mm-hmm. doing it. Like it's been a lot of, it's been patchwork. It's been s- clearly inadequate and Bo changes a lot of that. But, you know, it, it, you could still go back to the trade deadline and, like, if you had that bad, I mean, it'd be helpful in the future here down the stretch, but it would not been helpful during this Beau absence.
0: I was going to ask Alex about this when we had him on, uh, and maybe we'll get a chance down the road. But a national perspective of the Blue Jays team is always interesting to me. Like, we are in the market. We are in the country where this team is the only Canadian baseball team uh, that we have, but when you look at like a national perspective, it's somebody that calls Apple TV games and sees different games every weekend. You know, how do other people view this Blue Jays team? Because it was only a couple of weeks ago where we had this reality check almost where we we're kind of down about the Blue Jays. It was like, oh, they can't they can't do this. They can't do that. And we zoomed down and they were in a pretty good spot. Like They had been winning. They had the best winning percentage. in, I think it was July. They they were crushing it. And we just felt like we were sp- feel like pulling at negatives. And I think it was interesting to just zoom out and think, well, what is a national perspective? Is this team right on the cusp? We talk a lot about the Orioles being, you know, the, uh, the picture of excellence that we wish the blue Jays were a young farm system. That's actually contributing their young guns are coming up and are, you know, just electric to watch. And I think there's, just a lot of frustration built in Vladdy and Vladdy and Bo are always tied together. Mm -hmm. Even though Bo is having this incredible season, it felt like we were almost hesitant to, to really like, accept that because it's like Vladimbo, Vladimbo, the future of this Blue Jays team and Manoa is the future of this Blue Jays team and two out of three of those are looking great right now. But when you zoom out and you get a national perspective, like I feel like maybe I'm putting words in their mouth, but those that cover the game outside of Toronto would probably say that this team is right on the cusp, right?
1: And, and yeah, I mean, you're totally right on that. But it, and it's not to like say, hey, you're not, to, you know, you're not doing the work. But it is more surface level, and surface level looks really good with this Blue Jays I think team, so right? Too. Like you look at the ERA, and you're like, oh, this this look might at, be the best total, that, total pitching mm-hmm. staff in all of baseball. Well, right now like you it, can make right that now it is. Yeah, you can look at them as a whole and be like, there's no one who throws the ball better than the Toronto Blue Jays. And if you start with that, you're like, wow. Well, I mean, like uh, it's it's clearly now in a good position. Their bullpen is oh, going to be
0: one of the best in baseball.
1: Yes, and oh, you have the starters. And the bullpen, and you also have Bo Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero Jr., how could life be bad for mm-hmm. you? But to be and to feel the reality and the frustration from that reality of this Blue Jays season, you kind of have to be in the weeds, right? Because yeah. you have to kind of understand that Vladdy's is not giving you what you need. Mm-hmm. And I guess the Bo absence, you know, sort of reveals something about this team and how Chapman, you know, you look at Fangraph's war. You look at a guy who's still leading the team in war, mm-hmm. partly because of his defensive contribution, but has only been good offensively for one month, really, and hasn't done it in multiple months. So if you look, and George Springer goes through a really dry spell at an important time in the Blue Jays' season, like everyone aside from Bo has had their little issues mm-hmm. offensively in the lineup. But if you are not in tune with this team, you can look at it and be like, "Oh yeah, that's uh, you know it's a group of players that we expected to be competing for a World Series this year. They have the pitching to back it up." Not what's wrong, just hey, they're underperforming. And if you if you're if you're in this market watching every night, you might not feel like they're underperforming. You might be now resigned to hey, they just weren't ever that good. Mm-hmm. But again, this can all change. And if they get hot at the right time, and if Bo Bichette is an MVP candidate like he was trending towards being, and Vladdy turns things around, maybe you maybe you do catch lightning in a bottle. But I think the reality is, even with Bo, that this lineup wasn't quite as good as we expected and maybe the pitching's better than we expected, but because the lineup's not quite as good as we expected, it's been hard to get excited about this team because our, in addition to that, what we equate to, hey, the best teams we've seen in Toronto are high-flying offenses, guys that just home run after home run putting up huge numbers and hitting your way out of bullpen and starting pitching trouble. It's been a little bit different, and I think we're sort of reconciling with that But if you're on the outside, as you mentioned, it might be easy to look at this team Mm -hmm. and be like, yeah, there's something there.
0: Well, all this is rooted in extremely high expectations for a team and a window that we're curious about when it closes with big pending decisions to make with future stars and current stars on your roster. I think it's justified to feel like you're left wanting more often than not. But I guess the positive spin on this and before we take a break and tee up uh, our next guest is that. There's still some players that you could say, if you're optimistic, that their best baseball is still to be played. And now if they can find that and unlock that, this team has really, really, really bright future for the rest of the season and into the playoffs. But that is a big what if. Can you unlock this, aka? Can Vladdy find something? Is this is the Vladdy that we had thought we knew not the real Vladdy? Like I'm not ready to to get to that point yet. I still mm-hmm. I still believe in he's gonna have the career that we want him to have. But there's a month left of important baseball. We played 40 more games um, before the postseason. So, you know, t- time is, the clock is ticking a bit. So
1: Yeah, there's been this process, right, where we're waiting for things to come together. Like everything is moving towards it, right? Hunjin, you, yes. Chad Green, The puzzle everything. pieces are the starting to be put down. The puzzle pieces are slowly converging. What happens when everything mixes? Uh, maybe the best Blue Jays baseball of the season. Uh, and if they're saving it, then that's a good thing.
0: All right, so tonight, Burrios on the mound versus an opener uh, for the Cincinnati Reds, not to be named yet. Uh, Boba Shad back in lineup tomorrow, and we'll tee all that up in the wake and break, so you can send your picks in at 595.90, but we've got one more guest on the other side of the break. Aaron Schatz, the founder of DVOA, a uh, football analyst and an MVP voter. He goes through all the statistical stuff that's going to help you make your predictions for this upcoming season, maybe some um, bets as well. But, like, let's do a full roundabout. The newest DVOA uh, almanac came out, I believe it was yesterday or today. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so we can go through the preview of that for this upcoming football season. Aaron, after the break.
1: The best Blue Jays show out there, period. Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on
2: Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Final block of the week, fan morning show, Sportsnet 590, The Fan, Justin and Ailish. Uh, Reminder, because we, well, we probably have given you one reminder. We need wake and rake submissions, though, so get those in. I know it's, I know we're on an 0 for 6 run, but let's uh, let's get those in and and turn the tide before we (laughs) head into the weekend. We need money
0: to bet on horses on Sunday.
1: We do Yeah, we do. We, we need the uh, bank accounts to be full. We also needed to bet the NFL season. I hope this next conversation will help us just a little bit. Let's bring in Aaron Schatz, founder of DVOA and FTN football analyst. The 2023 Almanac is now available on FTN. Aaron, how are we doing this morning? Thanks for jumping on with
2: us. I'm good this morning. Uh, you know, there's a tornado warning where I live oh. just came through. So, you know, if I've run off, don't get scared. Oh, goodness. Okay, be safe. Seek be shelter. safe. Uh, yeah, I'd say go to the basement then. I'm, not really, I'm <laughs> not really worried. It's just funny. I thought you guys would hear it on the air.
0: Well, we, we might hear the, the beeping, like, you know, when you get an amber alert and it goes through the television, that noise. I don't know if they do that where you are, but there's a tornado noise warning that's, like, very jarring. So if we hear that... We'll let you go.
1: Yeah, we'll let you go. There's a we're not uh we're definitely not married uh to this conversation. Uh if there is an emergency, uh definitely attend to it. Okay, so
2: No, I'm not I'm not worried about it. I just expected that you guys would be like, What is that siren coming through
1: your phone? <laughs> okay, so there are sirens. Uh by the way, this insider is brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom, visit Don Valley North dot com. Okay, so Uh, founder of DVOA. I mean, I'm here in DVOA. More people are talking DVOA Mm -hmm. every year uh, when it comes to football. So just give us a little refresher. What is DVOA? And for you, uh, what's its best application?
2: Yeah, basically we take every play in the NFL season and we assign it a success number. That's based on the down and distance. And then we adjust that based on situation and opponent. And you get a really good stat. That's very predictive of future performance. That you can, uh, you know, it's very malleable. You can look at it by down or by location on the field or by player. And, you know, the best thing it does is it helps predict how teams are going to do in the future.
1: Uh, so, we're, like, I'm most in the weeds, at least when it comes to analytics uh, with hockey, and it's created this great divide, right? Like, people are pro analytics, people are anti analytics. Like, there's uh, a full uh, on analytics. war online. Full on war all at all the time. times. And I worry kind of about the people that, like, first initiated the inventors. like are, are the football hardos did they treat the guy who invented DVOA okay
2: I mean you know the hardos are still they want to run the ball all the time and you know they talk about how you can't measure a player's heart but you know you can measure a player's heart based on how he performs and passing the ball is more fun than running the ball and passing the ball is definitely more fun than punting the ball punting the
1: ball is boring yeah, punting the ball is uh the absolute worst. It is boring, uh indeed. Uh one one thing that uh, you know troubles me, I guess at this time when talking about ratings and analytics, I mean we don't have data to work on. Like you just mentioned, hey, you're breaking down every play. I mean, we haven't seen a football play aside from the preseason in a long time. So I know you have data to pull from, but how do you put together a preseason rating? How do you create an entire almanac when, hey, if we're measuring like what a Super Bowl champion is going to look like in February or the merits between two teams who do get to the Super Bowl? I mean, it would be much easier because you got 18 weeks to pull from. How do you create a data set based on, you know, uh, the fact that we haven't seen any games yet in the 2023 season
2: well there's a lot of advanced stats in there from the 2022 season that tell you how players performed last year but when we do projections for next year we account for a lot of things we account not only for how teams have played over the last couple years but for personnel changes in the off season and coaching changes in the off season and um, certain stats that regress to the means stronger than other stats, and it you end up with a fairly predictive you know look football is less predictive than other sports in part because the sample size is smaller. You only have seventeen games to go with in an NFL season, but um, there 's plenty that you can do to try to predict how football teams will do, and it. it matters when players change teams in the off season, certainly. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, what's what's the process with rookie quarterbacks? There's at least three of them named to be starting at least in week one and with high expectations. How do you approach a rookie quarterback, and, and how much stake do you put in college in the, the transition to the NFL?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, the less of a you know less data you have on a player, the harder he is to predict. So rookies are the hardest players to predict. In general, you have to expect that rookie quarterbacks are going to struggle, even the ones who are drafted at the highest point of the draft, but you can get a little bit of a signal from how they performed in college as well as Uh, how much experience they had in college. That's what makes Anthony Richardson really interesting. We know that Anthony Richardson of the Indianapolis Colts has a lot of upside, but he only started for one year in college and his numbers as a passer were not great. So trying to project him to be good in his first year in the NFL is very difficult. Uh, Founder
1: of. DVOA, Aaron Schatz, on the line uh, with us this morning. Uh, so, nothing's ironclad, obviously. I mean, there's still variance in everything when it comes to sports, uh, and I guess gambling, if you want to put it that way, or any real interest or reason to be interested in sports. Uh, but I wonder if there's something that DVOA continues to be right about. Like, if you're looking at, you know, the past history, maybe the past 10, 15, 20 Super Bowl winners, like, is there a required rating to even be in that conversation? Is there something that can really basically delineate good from bad or potential from really, uh, you know, pretender status when you look at preseason rating or maybe in-season rating
2: when it comes to DVOA? Well, it's pretty simple. Offense is easier to project and more consistent than defense and passing is more important than rushing. So the most important position is quarterback and the most important rating is your pass offense. That is going to be the most predictive of your future performance and defense is important. And we can do a lot of things to project defense, but defense is also more variable than offense.
0: So if we look team-wide, obviously we're going to start doing our team projections, win totals, uh, that uh, moving forward. But if you're looking at teams that might have been on the cusp, that have the opportunity to break into the elite tier, to be competitors, to be challengers for the Super Bowl, is there a team that really fares well when you take a look at how this upcoming season uh, looks for you when you do your DVOA and your Almanac?
2: Yeah, I think the team that's ready to break into that top layer, and this is going to be a surprise to some people is actually the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns have uh, some good new defensive pieces, and there's reasons to believe their defense will improve. And their offense, they had six really bad games at the end of last year. But the fact the fact is that before that, Kevin Stefanski ran an above-average offense with bad quarterbacks for two and a half years. And Deshaun Watson has a very good career record. So it's really a question of how much weight you put on six bad games versus all the other data that you have from before that. And I think that it makes sense to trust the data you have from before that. And if you trust that data, Cleveland probably is going to have a top 10 offense to go with a top 10 defense.
1: What's that worth? Top 10 offense, top 10 defense. I mean, clearly you can separate the two. uh, But if you rank that highly in both... What does that say about your potential? Is that Super Bowl potential having top 10 in each? Is that enough?
2: Sure. I mean, we we have them as around the eighth best team in the league, and that's Super Bowl potential. I mean, normally the Super Bowl is going to be the top three or four teams in the league, and, you know, those teams are teams that people know like San Francisco, Buffalo, Kansas City. But I think if you're talking about who's going to break into the upper echelon that wasn't there before, Cleveland has the best chance. Is there a team that
1: or even like a coach or a quarterback that's always sort of breaking the model a little bit? That's bucking the prediction. That's doing something that's not expected. Is there is there something that can't be explained or even even just on a minor fractional scale, something or someone or some team that always does a little bit better than expected?
2: Yeah, I mean, it has a hard time with whoever is the best quarterback in the league because it's constantly looking to regress players towards the mean and some players just don't seem to regress and right now that would be patrick mahomes and we we have patrick mahomes as the number one we have them as the number one projected offense in the league but it's possible that we're not even projecting them high enough because they do so good year after year because of
1: mahomes uh, based on DVOA, I mean we've been we've been uh, covering the uh, AFC East a little closer. We're close to Buffalo. We're interested in the in the AFC East because there's great storylines, but also the team that's closest to us, at least geographically. Uh, you know, I I think it, it, AFC East we call it. I, I, I don't know if that's true or not, but you look at. DVOA and you look at scores and you look at ratings is the AFC East the strongest division in football and does that mean it's going to be a difficult or more difficult road this year than it was last year
2: uh, for the Buffalo Bills well I think the AFC North is the hardest division in football because we like Pittsburgh more than we like New England Mm. but it is a very difficult road in the AFC East. Because of the other teams they play from other divisions, the four hardest schedules in the league this year belong to the four teams of the AFC East. So I really like Buffalo. I think they're one of the top teams in the league. They're my Super Bowl pick this year, but there's no question it will be a harder road in the regular season
1: okay what's what's the flip side of that what is the weakest uh, division in football and is that I don't know if you're uh, if you're uh, using this information to bet into the market aggressively but if we're looking at the weakest division and maybe a weak favorite to win a division is there is there a spot where it seems like there's an opportunity because hey uh, even this division that might be the best at least on paper in the division but there's definitely a chance that there's some variance I'm thinking of like the NFC South where I think the Saints are favorites to win but clearly the Saints aren't that good of a- team, and I'm sure they don't rate out that well when looking at DVOA.
2: Yeah, it's really interesting because we like the Atlanta Falcons and we have the Falcons and the Saints as very similar this year in that they're average teams with good defenses, but very, very easy schedules, and it will not shock me if both Atlanta and New Orleans make the playoffs over teams that are better than them but have harder schedules. And so I like a bet on Atlanta where the number at the books is only eight and a half. I like an over bet on Atlanta or a bet on Atlanta to win the NFC South.
0: One of the biggest uh, points of intrigue, obviously, this entire offseason was with Aaron Rodgers, and he's chosen uh, a new journey ahead with the Jets. I wonder how you're viewing that team. There's a lot of excitement around, a lot of anticipation. They're on hard knocks. Everyone's talking about the Jets. But when you look at the real sustainability of this storyline and what Aaron Rodgers could bring to the Jets, how do you predict uh, that their season could shake out?
2: Well, I mean, the best prediction is that Rodgers will be better than he was last year, but not as good as he was the year before. Something in the middle. But that is a huge improvement for the Jets on offense. And their defense is very interesting because it was really, really healthy last year, like unsustainably healthy. But at the same time, it also, for a really good defense, had a really low number of turnovers. And they're much more likely to have more turnovers this year. And that's going to counterbalance the fact that they're likely to have more injuries. So I like the Jets overall as a playoff team. And I think their defense is more interesting than their offense is. Hey, Aaron, this was fun. I uh, love that
1: we got a Super Bowl prediction from you. Mm-hmm. Love that it was the Bills because you're, you know, you might be the smartest football guy that we've we talked made to. You a lot of friends. At least this summer. <laughs> uh, and, of course, uh, we're going to be cheering for the, Bull, uh, the Bills here uh, in Toronto. So we appreciate you having on. Uh, uh, enjoy the season. Best of luck uh, applying DVOA across the balance of the season.
2: Thank you very much. The book is available right now at ftnfantasy.com dot com or search Amazon for the FTN Football Almanac twenty twenty three.
1: It's
0: already in my card, Aaron.
1: Perfect. The order's going in. We appreciate <laughs> it, Aaron. <laughs> that was good morning. That's Aaron Schatz, who uh, may be dealing with a tornado. We
0: uh, he made it through.
1: Yeah, it seems like it'd be fine.
0: I and our insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit Don Valley North Lexus. Com.
1: Let's hit a wake and rake.
0: Let's do it. Wake up! Now it's time for wake and rake. You could
1: be raking in the dough with your kind of accuracy.
0: Show me the money. With Ailish and Justin. Okay, you ask and you shall receive. We just got like 45 texts in.
1: Okay, we so better move through them.
0: Let's rip through them. I'm just going to give you my pick. Uh, it will be Baltimore Orioles on the run line against the Oakland Athletics. Best team-ish in baseball versus worst team-ish in baseball. Works for me. It's only minus 105.
1: There you go. So, let's do that. I love using my head and my heart. Uh, Michael Lorenzen threw a no-hitter when I picked him last week. I'm going to pick Michael Lorenzen until he lets me down. Uh, Phillies are visiting the Nationals. Phillies look like they might be, uh, it was just one victory against the Blue Jays. But they look pretty good uh, in that second game, at least offensively. Uh, Figuring Kevin Gosman out, I like them on the run line. Minus 125. Lorenzen, maybe not a no-hitter, but another good start. Uh, It seems like he's relishing the opportunity to play for a good team.
0: He used it all up.
1: Nah, he's a stud.
0: All right. Okay, let's go through some anchor picks. Thanks for sending it in. Everybody got up at the same time. Their alarms went off, and they all sent him in. Jared from Halifax. Let's see if we can fill your pockets in time for the Kings Cup. Well, Kings play. I'm feeling the over six and a half strikeouts for Brios. He's going to be hungry to bounce back after his last outing. And the previous two games before that, he reached six strikeouts.
1: Good morning. Big E in Burlington. Jay's money line today Cubs against Royals, Cubs minus one and a half. So a couple picks and over eight and a half Raves Giants with Spencer Strider on the mound. Yeah, that might be a little gettable. Uh, a couple picks there from Big E.
0: Okay, we've got a couple texts in here from Confident Jeff and Barry. First one is two hit wit to live up to his name, Merrifield over one and a half bases. And then he texted back in saying also Ailish to wear over zero and a half loofahs on her head this weekend. <laughs> and same day parlay that with Justin over zero and a half horse terminology errors. I said smash the. <laughs> The over on all that. Wait, zero errors? Like, zero and a half over errors uh, yeah, in terminology. Uh, yes, definitely. Yeah, lots uh, of errors. You'll get there.
1: Uh, no no text or no name on this text, but Bayern Munich to win plus the over one and a half goals. Harry Kane going to have a like a legendary debut Plus over he one yellow
0: card. Oh, you got to
1: parlay that to get to 1.5. Probably not good for the uh, wake and rake, but uh, some Bayern Munich love.
0: Happy Friday for my wake and rake pick. I'll take Burrios over 17 and a half outs. Have fun at the track and win lots of money.
1: Oh. Abby Bird from Mimico, uh, Winnipeg minus four and a half, Blue Bombers parlayed with the over 40, a lot of like, not only did we get tax, we got not a lot of convoluted tax here. I mean, people are gambling this weekend. We will do that on Sunday. A uh, little love for the Blue Bombers who are good without Calara. Uh
0: Whitmare filled over one and a half bases. Two-hit Whit just needs to live up to his name and cash this for us. The Reds announced rookie starter Brett Kennedy, and though the Blue Jays struggle against a pitcher they're seeing for the first time, not wit. That's TJ from Port McNichol.
1: And we didn't get to Courier Chris, right? Springer over one and a half bases for Courier Chris.
0: Uh, no, and Goober from Orangeville says Nico Horner plus two two plus bases.
1: Okay, so a lot of stuff there. Is there something that speaks oh, to holy you? Holy smokes, lots going we on. We didn't here. touch the Jays game. We should probably get a Jays in there. What about
0: two hit wit? We got a lot of love for two hit wit or okay. Brio strikeouts, but we've done the strikeouts a couple times in the last couple days, and we didn't hit it. So I mean, who's the best batter right now without Bo Bichette on the corner? tomorrow joining the Blue Jays? Oh, I he's going to want
1: He's going to want it. Well, we're not, yeah, we're not there yet. I was going to say he wants to set the table for Bo. We're going to have to do that Saturday. But, you know, if Witt gets five, maybe six ABs, maybe it's our best chance to hit an over basis.
0: Let's do okay, it. Okay, so let's do it. So we got Phillies on the run line versus the Nationals, Orioles on the run line versus the Oakland Athletics, and Merrifield over one and a half bases. Parlay that up plus 575. Okay, uh, let's make a team pick right now for the horses.
1: It's Wickenizer. We're betting Wickenizer this weekend.
0: Okay, but... No. Why don't we pick three horses that we like? We can't
1: bet. Three, you can't put three bets down on the on the king's what plate. If I already did. You did? No. On who?
0: I don't know. I just like their names, Justin.
1: Okay. I want to see the procession. How about? How about, <laughs> Oh, here's. Was it, I that bad with my horse analysis? It
0: was really funny. You just. Okay. No,
1: you don't know much. Um, here's. Well, you're like, the one wearing loofahs to the king's
0: plate. <laughs> yeah, and I'm gonna look at dynamite. Um, there was a text in here. Oh, shoot! It was about. Uh, was it Kurt Call? Yeah, it was a Kurt Call.
1: Kurt call in an earlier race. That's not the Kings plate. I don't think
0: that's okay. But it's the first race of the night uh, of the day. Kurt call.
1: Uh, I'm I'm, it's a good curtain call curtain jerker. first race of the day. Kurt call. That's that's how you start. That was
0: Clifton from Etobicoke. That's how you you. start a day.
1: Uh, We will be like, if you want to give us any advice on the ponies, This weekend, reach out to us.
0: Please, tweet me, whatever. Twitter,
1: X, Instagram, whatever. Even text it in and we'll find it if it's there. Any advice you have if you're listening on podcast or a little bit later, (laughs) we are betting the king's plate. We are going and we want some expert advice. I know there's a specialist out there, so let us know.
0: Here's uh, one last text here. Woodbine usually has admissions during the queen's plate. It's during the post parade that the horse can come out. You're looking for a horse that has a nice gait with a calm demeanor. Okay. And you would normally place. So them look to,
1: like they've done it before.
0: To bet, to win, or place, or show. So we got some opportunities. But a nice, calm demeanor. That means it's focused. Like it's in the zone. It's not all jittery. Like this horse is a professional. This horse has ran. In a big race before. So that's the horse we want. See,
1: that's why I'm going to be leaning on you. I mean, to win, to place, to show. Like, it's, its I don't compl- I'm going to have to do some research. I get some research before hey, you Sunday. Two days. It's okay. I'm That'd going to be, be an fun. expert by Monday morning. Hey, next or week. Or Monday afternoon.
0: Next week, we are on fan drive time, 3 to 5 p.m. You can hear us there. Uh, you can catch us in that podcast feed. Uh, ben Ennis is off next week. So okay. we'll be taking over. We'll chat with you on Monday afternoon. Have a great weekend.